Hey, podcast family. Now, listen, I know we're supposed to be over talking about this threesome. Threesome. But one of our podcast fam sent us this post, and I saw it, and I was like, yo, I have got to talk about this. You know, I'm totally against threesomes, but I just wanted to just give you guys a heads up on what was going on. So he sent us this video from this website Thug Life. Thug Life videos. I mean, really? But. So we don't know the credibility, but it's a story to tell. And it was a jail picture, so it might be true. And in this story, it talks about a man kills his best friend after their balls touch in a threesome with stripper. And I'm just going to give you a clip. This happened in Tampa Bay, Florida. And the guy says, according to Mayfield, there's only so much a man can take and dick or balls ain't one of them. Halfway through, I yelled, switch. You know, from mouth to butt. He went left when he left when he should have went right. And next thing you know, we ball to ball. And then to the story about, this guy says he does not feel sorry that he killed his best friend. It was his fault. If he would have never touched my balls, he would still be alive. Yo, that is crazy. Said, I am with that gay S. I mean... He went left instead of going right. I said, podcast fam, shout you out for giving us this info. I thought it was Trey hilarious. Very comical. But it just shows that you need to set the rules before you get into the room. But also, too, that goes to the fact that men usually say they don't want two balls in a room. It has. To, that's why men, usually their rules are it has to be two females. It cannot be another man. So, I don't know, but I don't want to be a part of two females. So, again, for me, this is not a happening. <laughs> so. Now, you know we posted today our new cast from, which was last week, and the topic of the cast was, do you anal... Remember last week we talked about, do you like drugs? I have to tell you, we've got some criticism. <laughs> and this further reminds me that what we need to do is have a real conversation about anal. Because last week, we were just basically skimming on why we don't like it. But look forward, podcast. We don't like someone. it. We say we don't like something. That requires that we tried it. Well, we will not participate <laughs> in it. Correct. we know some things are for exit only. But you I also try to open a door that's entrance and you're still trying to leave. You can't leave. <laughs> but I want to say, you know, when you review the, the votes... We could see the votes. You can't see who voted, but we could see the votes on our end. I must say that, of course, most of the, the responses that came with doing drugs were males. So that leads me to believe many females are doing anal. So we're looking for somebody. If you're out there and you're into anal, a lot of anal. DM us. Yes, DM that's what it's called. Come on, get DM it together. Us on Instagram so that we can bring you on. We're looking for somebody to come on the show and be a guest and talk to us about it. And I need trade deets. I have a list of questions. We can't wait. Definitely. We're waiting for the DMs. Don't forget, Brooklyn Chick, C-H-I-X-X-S, on Instagram. <laughs> So let's move on to our WhatsApp. So on March 24th, I mean, kudos to the kids. Um, they arranged a march where, you know, this is to support tighter gun laws. And this was in D.C., but of course it was in like 800 sibling events throughout the United States. And this came about, of course, because of the shooting in Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Um, a kid named Cameron Kasky, 
he announced it that they were going to have a march four days later saying that they were going to organize this event. And this is basically to reiterate that children, adults, anyone will not accept guns in school. And, you know, I just want to say it was an amazing event. It looked like, you know, a lot of the videos that show these young kids, they even had this young black girl, 11 years old, had a speech, which was very profound. And, you know, some of the signs that some of these kids had up was protect kids, not guns, um, change our gun laws or change progress. And they're really serious about this movement. I think that's a great thing to see. I'm just hoping that this sticks. You know, I said this on the last time we talked about it with the cast, that sometimes we all feel very passionate about something and then after a while it just kind of dies down but these are our youth these are our future and if we as parents or we as adults continue to encourage these kids maybe as they get older these will be the same people that change the gun laws the same people that change because you know these are our future politicians these are our future activists if they could continue to keep what they believe in mind is the right way hopefully by the time they get old enough they will be able to make some real changes. Because I have to tell you, I see no change in the future in our current administration, nor in our current, just the way we maintain here in New York. And I must say, a lot of celebrities came out to support, as they did when it was uh, the Pink Pussy movement. Um, You know, George Clooney donated $500,000. I believe Oprah Winfrey ended up matching him with that. So people are coming out, speaking about it. Um, And, you know, it's a great thing to see. The NRA is still standing on their ground, you know, saying that they don't believe that this kid, it's, it's, it's because of, you know, less restriction that this kid got a gun in his hand. But at the end of the day, what we need to see is action. We don't need to hear people's thoughts and prayers. That's all good and dandy. But at the end of the day, what we do need is action. So hopefully we will see that. And this will be an ongoing movement, as Bender just referenced to. Um, you know, I just feel like we're always talking about guns, whether it's cops shooting black kids, whether it's guns in school, whether there's a shootout at the school, but it leads to the next what's happened, and that's the killing of this young brother, Stephon Clark, 23 years old. In his backyard. In his backyard. With so a phone in his hand. Apparently the cops were looking for a bigger built 6'2 guy they were looking for, and this guy was in his backyard going to his grandmother's house Great. and got shot. 20 times, 20 times got shot. While the grandmother's sitting there looking out the window saying, what's going on here? And the cops are telling her not to go to the window. Correct. And her grandson is back there dead. Correct. I mean, that was very sad to see that. You know, she she relived the whole experience of how she heard the gunshots, how she ducked, how she grabbed for her grandbaby. She was talking to her old man, as she said. And even, you know, that, that guy was crippled, so he couldn't get up and see what was going on. But her main thing at that moment was just to protect her and her grandchild's life at that moment. And then to know after the whole event took place and the cops knocked on her door, she said, what's going on out there? They did not want to explain anything to her. They told her, do not look out the window and to stay inside. To know all this time, it was her grandson that was being shot 20 times. And what's very troubling... each cop? Like, they planned it. And, you know, what's very troubling, they said they muted the body cam... So now that's another level of outrage because it's like, why did you mute the body cam? What is the purpose of a body cam if you can mute it when you want to? I'm telling you, what, that's the bottom line. When is the requirements? And we read today somewhere that they said that there are certain times when they are allowed to mute it. Like what? I'm chasing a black person. Let me mute my body cam. Anytime <laughs> they want to do it, they're going to start to mute their body cam. And I think we need to come up with some consistent laws, not only in one state, but all across the country that speak to how police are supposed to handle. Can we all just take a moment and think about Alton Sterling, where the cops were found not guilty yesterday. Not guilty. This 
man had this guy plastered to the floor, and all he did wrong was sell CDs and had the permission of the store owners to sell, sell the CDs. CDs. And they shot him straight to his Close. head on the ground? Close range. Come on, man. When is it enough? When is there going to be enough outrage? And I can only hope, to Tashore's earlier point, that this movement is what is going to create a better future for our children going forward. Because this right here... It just creates total outrage. And then, you know, to your earlier point about things dying down, you know, BLM. I don't know if they're still out there. And these, I mean, this happened where, um, this happened in Sacramento, this one with Stephon Clark. But it's like, you know, that movement did kind of die down. And I think now we need to revamp, reload, and start again because we need to. The more that we're quiet, is the more it's gonna happen. More is gonna happen. So, rest in peace, Stephon Clark. So again, another person to rest in peace. Peace. Is Linda Brown. Um, as you all know, this is the woman that was at the center of the Brown versus Board of Ed case. And we think about her as the child whose parents wanted her to go to a school because they had to basically travel like two miles or further to get her to school in the morning. And they applied for the local school in their town. And at that time, schools in that state where they were were integrated in high schools, but elementary schools were not integrated. So kids had to still travel very far. And the woman talks about, she recounts in an interview she did in 1985, how she had to walk across a railroad track, cross a very busy roadway. And that was how she was able to get to the bus that then took her to school, which was far away. So definitely, when we think about this woman who dies yesterday, it kind of brought up this conversation for myself and sure we were talking. So she fought. Brown versus Board of Ed said schools should not be segregated anymore. Mm -hmm. The government tells all schools that you have to let black and white kids come to school together, you know, and other races mingle together. But when we kind of take a look at the landscape of what we're dealing with right now as a country, and, and, and especially in New York, we can see that we are self-segregated because now everybody has to go to their zone school. So you can only go to school where you live. And then we think about it. When, when you see you're going to school where you live, I mean, I live in, where I live, I live amongst black people. So I'm going to end up going to a school that is segregated. And that's cool because, you know, the Board of Ed does allow you to try to transfer. You got to get a variance. It's a very difficult and, you know, ticklish process to transfer. But my concern is, is every school being treated the same? And the answer to that is no. And, you know, um, you know, I just wanted to, I know from what I understand, they say that, you know, every school gets a certain amount of money per kid that they're supposed to have in their school. You know, you know, and Ben and I were talking about how come certain schools have laptop for every kid and other schools don't. And, you know, I don't know the exact details of everything, but what I would say is that, you know, there are certain schools, public schools at that, that, um, you know, these kids, they the school doesn't have funding. So what the teachers will do is, they will actually um, get together. All the parents will get together. So it was like a parent You're operation. About a very specific school, right? Well, yeah. So I'm saying different schools operate differently. I don't know what is the you know um, you know statistics and all those information. But what I'm saying is that you know this particular school that I'm aware of. What I understand is that it was it's organized by parents. Parents have the utmost voice, even over the particular faculty because they're the ones that get together if the school needs a printer for their classroom and this is I think kindergarten so it is at a you know elementary level but if the kids need a printer for the school they'll email all the teachers and say hey we uh we need a printer for this class and all the parents would get together get some money or they'll do a bake sale something to get together and get the money to contribute this printer to the school so I don't know from what I understand that is governed by the parents that particular school so you see in that instance I could appreciate it but you know I looked online and they said in 2014 New York City bought Ed spent $20,226 per student. And you know, they said wow. this is more money than they spend on 
many other states in, in New York. But as you look around, New York school system still sucks. Yeah. The kids aren't doing great. But I can give as a parent just a pure example of what I know. That my kid goes to a school where it's a very small school. There's It goes grade 6 to 12. They don't have laptops. They all share computers. If they go in, they have to do. They pass the laptop around to do assessments because they don't wow. have enough laptops. But on another note, at the school that my girlfriend teaches at, every one of her kids has a laptop. And I want to know, does the board of ed have a level of service that each child deserves? And at this day and age, to see that children are in school and they don't have laptops to do the things that they need to do, while in other countries, kids are like learning how to code, learning how to do all these things. How do you learn all of these express skills at such a young age when you can't even get the tools that you need. Even if I buy a laptop for my kid, they can't walk into the school with the laptop and Correct. no one's going to be able to give them instruction via laptop. I mean, it's horrible. Just I mean, horrible. I mean, so of course, you know, th- this lady and um, I, her father was the one that fought for this movement, correct? I mean, it, it didn't go in vain, but it just shows that we still need to improve and really hold the Board of ed- Education accountable for what's happening to our kids. So maybe, and you know, I always say parents should really try to be informed, self-inform yourself where it's like you need to actually go to school, do your research, find out what your kid is entitled to, because guess what? The Board of Ed is not going to tell you. You need to go. And when you need to go, when you go to these meetings, these PTA meetings, you need to speak on a united front with other parents and say, listen, this is not right. This is what my kids need. The thing about it is a lot of those PTA meetings and other meetings, a lot of parents are not involved, but always want to complain and complain. You got to put in the work. A lot of work. Got to put in the work. Ask me about it. Anyway, our last topic is everybody knows last week Sunday, Love Hip Hop Atlanta started again. Bridget. Hated it. Without Jocelyn, it started Ugh. again. And on that show, you know, this guy, Young Jock, he's living on a boat now. Why can't this guy afford a place to live, like a house he's, with walls? Because he's spending money on that perm and his hair. It's horrible. That's why. Just horrible, Young Ugh. Jock. But while on the boat talking to Young Jock, Kurt says, so I got the results of the, DA, the DNA test. Mm. The baby's mine. Come on, Kurt. We all he knew that. the baby since last year before the season. Get out of here. But now he want to make it. And Young Jack was like, if you telling us, you better make sure you tell Rashida. And here Ugh. ends how the this, how this series ends. Last episode, last scene of the episode, he comes into the house telling Rashida, why do I got to live separate when we got all this space in this house? Let what? Let come home. And she's like, you know why you can't come home? And he's like, well, I got the results. The baby's mine. Oh, gosh. This is so uh, scripted. And Yeah, exactly. <laughs> come on, Mona. But I just want to say this. You know, you know. oftentimes when I scroll the gram or whatever I'm, social media I'm looking at, Rashida, yo, that's a bad chick, yo. Bye. My thing is like, yo, you're the one that was really... Nobody knew who Kurt was before Rashida. That's number one. You the rapper. First of all, she's a, she's a, she's a pretty girl. You can't take that away from her. Every time you see this girl in the streets... She is fly as shit. Okay? She's fly as shit. I mean, producer Pete right here, you know. It's confirming. If she said it, it's, <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. Okay? This girl's a fly. Even when you see her workout video, this girl gets it in with the workout. I don't understand why she has to lower herself in this panty man, Kurt Frost. Because let's be honest, he's more feminine than her. Can we all be honest with that? A bit. But I just want to say, you know... And just to let you guys know, I am a side baby. Okay? I'm a side baby. 
So I, I just want to speak on this. Side baby, we're going to talk about side baby slash OBB. What's an OBB? You don't know what an OBB is? A OBB? On the OPP is. Oh, God, please. Let's not go back to the 80s. <laughs> Come on. This is on break, baby. Did you not hear about it with Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union? Get up on it. Oh, and Ludacris had an OBB. This is the new thing, girl. Not side baby, but OBB. Because it, it, it makes it seem better. But a side baby. Let's start. Can we start a side baby? Okay. Let me tell you something. Right here, this is the poster. <laughs> child for side baby. For side baby. You know what I'm telling you? She is the poster child for side baby going right. So, I mean, I'll just tell you guys the quick version, okay? Bottom line is, my father has been with his wife, who is my stepmother, since he was 13 years old. 13. Okay. Um, I was born in 83 for my mother and my father, of course. And in 84, my father got married to his same girl from 13 years. He married her. So you're saying they were still together. Were they living together? Correct. They were. They were so I guess together. when when she when my stepmom found out about me, he was like, yo, I got to do something to make this up. Let me propose. Yikes. Because the next year, 84, they, they got, got married. She put, if you like it, then you put a ring on it. He put a ring oh, on it. You saying? If you don't want to kick me out, I better put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> but when I understand how the story goes, my father made it very clear that he told my stepmom, yo, this is my daughter. If you're going to accept me, you have to accept her. God, let, let me say something. I am. I understand that I am truly blessed because totally. throughout this process, I gained an extra mother. And she is my mother. She okay? Is. I have two moms. I could attest. But I tell you this. Um, and her sisters are her sisters. They are, there's no half sisters. They, there's no half. If you say step or half, they will cut you with a razor. I'm telling you. They're like, <laughs> that's my sister. I mean, they get mad ghetto. So. Exa- whatever. <laughs> Shout out to the sisters. But I want to say, you know, there's benefits and there's not benefits. I mean, first of all, let's talk about the benefits of this. Is I've gained a whole other family. Like, my stepmother family is my family as well. We have a great rapport. Um, they treat me like their own. No one has ever treated me differently if someone tells my stepmom hey don't you only have three kids she was like four kids you know and they'll be trying to figure out like but wait when you was pregnant to have this one and she would let them know should have been down that's my daughter don't ask me any questions so i mean the thing about with side babies is and the disrespect it's like not only were you cheating all right you cheating all right, i give you that but then you're not protecting yourself I mean, how disrespectful is that that you're willing to give? You don't know. He didn't know what my mother had. I mean, God, you know, she didn't have anything, but he don't know what she had. He could have brought that back home. It's not only a side baby. In those days, nobody was using condoms like this. This is 1980s. Come on, man. Especially, and if you think about it, not to say they didn't have AIDS and all those stuff in the 80s, but... They're saying in those days, they used to think that was the only things that affected people that were, like, gay. Sick. I mean, come on. Yes. Caribbean old-time people wasn't thinking, let me get myself a condom. You know, I was thinking that. <laughs> like, like, let's just do it, and I'm not going to tell my wife. But you know, oh, I'll pull out. Something. I'll, you know, pull out. And I know people still pulling out now. Let's be real. It doesn't work. But let me tell you this. I'm going to say enough respect to her stepmother because she did something that many women would not be able to do. I probably she wouldn't. She took her in as her own. And, you know, this woman is a poster child that what people have to realize all the time when they're going through problems with them with spouses, you got to leave the kids out of this. Children don't deserve and they don't have no problem. They never did anything wrong. Leave the kids. Let the kids live. You know, but then that's the thing. When you find out that your man is having a side kid... 
that's a major decision to make if you're going to stay with this person. Because especially if you don't have any kids and you want a kid with this person and here you come with a whole kid and it's not even mine. And then think about the drama that comes with this. So there's a lot of things that happen. And you know what? And back in those days, and you know, everybody's so drama to these days. Back in those days, I didn't realize, or I, I wasn't privy to the fact that my parents had any drama with me in terms of, oh, she over there. It was an arrangement. I go over there every weekend. I'm at my, my, my mother's house during the week. It was no back and forth about, oh, what are you doing? Give me my child support. All that drama was did not exist from what I understand. You have kids Kids out here that are aware that they, oh, you know, because my daddy didn't give my mother um, child support. I can't get this. Kids should not even be aware of those kind of things. They should not be aware of those. But these are the things that men and, you know, that they bring in when you have a side baby. You got to consider all of those things. I mean, the child support thing doesn't even have to be a side baby. It could be any baby, (laughs) any daddy that's doing nonsense. And, you know, you can understand why mothers are you know succumb because you know sometimes you're like I'm gonna be above the board I'm gonna be above the board and then you look around and they do something else stupid you're like damn it I'm gonna tell these children what they're doing here but then you say this so you with the Trini accent you know, come on I have to go straight uh, <laughs> straight Trini straight home when you talk about foolishness you know what I'm saying but definitely you know this concept of the side baby I think that we have to figure out you know to Shaw's point it is a conversation of am I going to stay and if you're going to stay shut your mouth and deal you know many people say I'm not going to stay he cheated blah 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 if you decide to stay that's it you could be angry as you want angry as you want you could be very very angry but when that child is in the room you got to shut it down that's it. And just to, you know, to further clarify what an OBB is. I was about to say, can we get back to OBB? OBB is where you're allegedly on a break. So maybe you and your man had a big argument. You know, maybe you say, let's take a break to kind of figure things out. What's this break time? The first thing you do is fuck somebody else. Somebody else. If you want a break, that's not for, that's not a, a, a hall pass. Remember that movie? It, it's not for a hall pass for you to sleep with some other broad unprotected. It is for you to figure out if we are really going to work this out or if we're going to move forward that's what it is so this on break baby that gabrielle union want to delude herself about is bullshit Dwayne Wade was getting it in with some other broad broad raw dog and that's it just say listen my man cheated I accept it that's it the break is not is an indeterminate break like yo I need a moment step away I don't think I'm coming back in those that's not a break that's that's done if you don't think you're coming back we are done it is no other conversation to have that's not an on break that's we decided we're ending things if you decide to go sleep with somebody have a kid hey we weren't together and then we get back together but an on break b but that's not an obb an obb <laughs> i have to tell you that goes back to the same thing with a side baby you still got to make the decision will you accept this child because if you can't accept the child don't take the man back that's it and let's be honest rashida you're staying stop fooling yourself she probably is stayed already, but we're just watching it unfold episode after episode. When does this come on? I think it came on on Sunday. Monday. On, Monday? No, I saw it on a... Or maybe a Monday. I don't work clothes. Monday on oh, VH1. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Figure that out. Monday. VH1. VH1. So now... VH1? Yes. Oh, <sighs> Moving on. So now to check this, our last segment. And this check this is why we love being black. I love being black to be young. Anyway, so so we discussed why we love being black. I mean, the first thing I would say I appreciate about being black is I got a booty. I don't gotta booty, go. Booty, booty, booty. <laughs> I don't have to go to DR, pay five Gs to get my booty. Now let's be enhanced. real, black girls. I know not all of you have it. Some okay. <laughs> it's okay. 
Don't let her make you feel less bad. No, you're not. I mean, some... some people just don't got it. And that's fine. And I tell you what, producer Pete don't really care about it. She, she said she could do without the big booty. Are you a breast person? Not either? A... I'm a face person. Face? So keep that face beat. <laughs> you get to go. That's what you gotta do. Beat to the gods. Anyway. Our next thing about why, I mean, why do you like being black? What's some things? <laughs> no? <laughs> I'm, I'm like stuttering. So we gotta focus on the things that we like. She said booty, so let's think about something with a B that I love about being black. I love. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Don't, Don't you love watching that show oh, Blackish? That show Blackish. Yeah. So we love Blackish. And you know, it has all kinds of stuff about being black. You know, I have to tell you, in late recent days, I think it's getting a little bit too, like, uh, over in terms of, you know, how black, it, not to say you can't be too black, but you know, some of the topics are getting a little bit too far gone. Um, that might make them lose a mainstream audience. But what really? I like about it is that they're just going with it. And it's like, yo. It is it, what it, it is. It, like one episode was about the end of slavery. Juneteenth celebrating this holiday called Juneteenth. And he was wearing the kente cloth to work with all the white people looking at him like, what's going on here? And, um, you know, I think it has really great people in the show. Lawrence Fishburne, Anthony Anderson. Tracy Ellis Ross. Tracy Ellis right? Ross. Great, great cast. You know, they have a spinoff called Grownish. But definitely, one thing I love about being black is the TV show Blackish. But also, too, I like the fact because it's almost like a, a modern day Huxtable. I really definitely, appreciate that. They're both very professional. The mother's a wife. Um, uh, the, uh, the wife is a doctor, as well as um, the husband is like a, a vice president of an ad marketing company. So definitely professional people. I think that's a great way to look <laughs> at it. The yes. modern day professionals. Claire and Cliff. Minus the, the sexual assaults. Uh, yeah. And I mean, what I do appreciate, and this game just brings me back to it, is Black Card Revolt. First of all, my cousins and I, we love to play a game. We love a game night. And yes. so our next game night is next one. Let's see how that goes. But one of the games we have to play is Black Card Revolt. I mean, these questions are made for black folks, man. <laughs> one of the questions um, that um, my sister had read to me was, hey, when is the best time after a, a dinner, when is the best time to pack it to go plate? I'm like... Before you eat. <laughs> <laughs> that is mad black. Before you that. eat, I hate it. No, I hate that people even bring Tupperware. Don't come to my house with Tupperware. Why not, though? Because you're going to have Tupperware? I'm going to have something for y'all, but don't come to my house and just say, oh, I know I'm going to leave before <laughs> Just in case. I just... lunch for tomorrow, bro. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I mean, this is a big debate. If somebody was like, before you eat. I mean, to me, that's annoying because it's like, you got to make sure everybody there gets a first plate. Then you can get a second plate. Then that person missed out. That's, that's it. it. I'm not going to lie. I went to a party the other day. When I got there, I was late. I'm not going to say, you know, another thing might be black, but I was late. <laughs> CP time. And when, when I got there, my sister was there first. My sister had like, she was like, yeah, I got here like 15 minutes ago. I'm like, oh, you didn't eat? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I pack up all my food. My sister had like four plates. I was like, <laughs> separated oh, meat in one, rice in the other, carbs like, in the next. Oh, is there any other food left? The lady was like, no. That was good for all you, though. All the food is gone. That was good for you, though. That's it. You come late. That's it. You miss out. That's it. Don't ever come to my house with no Tupperware. <laughs> like, for real. Let's keep Let's note of that. Now. <laughs> well, first off, we've never been invited, so. Exactly. Uh, I guess uh, we'll uh, never be disappointing uh, you. Producer Pete, anything you love about being black? Yes. I love black eyed peas. Yuck! Who hates that? Black eyed peas always some white. I would eat. 
black eyed peas. As a treaty, I do eat black eyed peas at times. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Buttermilk fried chicken. Buttermilk? Not regular fried. Buttermilk. Bobby Brown. <laughs> I don't be cruel. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that ends our segment for today. Again, hit us up on Instagram. Like us, follow us, share. Um, Brooklyn Chicks, Brooklyn, C-H-I-X-X-S. And we'll see you next week. So this is Brenda the Vendor. Oh, and Raw Dog Show, if you didn't know. And don't forget, producer Pete in the background. <laughs> Singing in the background. <laughs> Have a great day. Teach, 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 teach.